Auto One Podcast Network. You're listening to Creative Riding, the motorcycle podcast that's like riding through the rain in wool pants and only wool pants. We're brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. For more information, head over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing. We don't know why they support us, but you should. Now, to your regularly scheduled show, and don't turn it off this time. Don't, just stop. two-stroke baby uh hey guess what this is creative writing episode you know the number don't you this should be uh 205 if i'm not totally insane and crazy uh tonight we're gonna have a fantastic show we're gonna have some interviews with mark and nancy i don't know how uh if i should be giving this away at the top of the show but yeah we're gonna have mark and nancy in studio wigs is gonna be joining us in a little bit and i just wanted to say i hope everyone's having a fan friggin fantastic uh friday morning afternoon night whenever you listen to this and if you're not listening until next week hey hey man i just hope you're having a good time whatever you're doing right now i hope you're out on two wheels and uh, i hope you're having a lot of fun and whether it's cold or hot or whatever it is where you are so yeah yeah i just want to also say thanks to our patrons of course we thank them at the beginning of every show uh they are the ones that make the show possible so if you don't like the show blame them they are basically like our chief uh, financiers and our board of directors in a way. Uh, so, yeah, blame them for f- keeping this show going. Also, we would like to give uh, a lot of thanks to this week's guests and last week's guest, uh, Austin from Tw- Twisted Road, uh, of course, our guest last week. And we will be having an announcement from him. You heard him last week saying he's going to have some things dropping this week. Well, guess what? Uh, they're going to be a drop and We're going to be announcing that in a little bit. And uh, yeah, let's get into this week's show. We got a good one on tap for you. And I hate to make you wait any longer to hear it. So let me shut up and get to the... Let me get out of here. Let me get on my new motorcycle. I'm so excited. <laughs> So I'm really excited to have tonight's guests on And they are returning And they've done so many great things for the motorcycling community It's really something when you hear the the industry saying over and over That we need to put uh, this next generation of riders We need to get motorcycles in front of them We need to get people more engaged We need to make people more aware uh, all of these things that you keep hearing over and over and over in the industry space and our next guests have actually done that and I was super excited following their journey last year from our meeting and our first contact until well you'll hear in the interview all the way up until just this last week sit back and let's take a listen 
I was really excited last year when this Kickstarter campaign, I feel like we made the final push. I know we really didn't, but it was re- really interesting to get contacted um, by the authors of Mimi and Moto last year as they were making their like final push. They had like one week to go. Um, we did like a special recording in the middle of the week, and then lo and behold, they actually uh, made their made their goal, got their their book out, and then the last time uh, we had talked to you, you guys hadn't uh, gone to uh, the MIC gas tank yet, but so much has happened for you guys last year and heading into this year, and uh, w- welcome back to the show, um, Mark Augustin, and this time Nancy is with him, so hi guys, how are you doing, how's the, uh, how's the weather where you're at? Oh, we are doing wonderful. Thank you. The weather is beautiful. Yeah, you guys are in. You guys are in Connecticut, right? Maine. No, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Georgia. Gosh, I had the I had the right coast, the wrong wrong end of it. <laughs> so right, so it is beautiful. Half of the people I talk to, it's like snowy, barren Siberia. So yeah, you guys are in some pretty good weather right now. Um, and that's good because riding is always good. Uh, you know, when you live in some place, it's not snow locked for like six months. Um, so last, as I mentioned last year, uh, we talked to you guys right as you were making your, your initial Kickstarter campaign, but so much has happened because you guys were part of the, um, MIC gas tank, uh, initiative. And I'm happy to say that not only you, but, uh, Guillermo from Writer's Share, who I also interviewed, I think, last January, was also in there. So I thought, wow, two of the uh, people that I interviewed on the show made it to the, I think there was six total. And uh, do you guys, I I don't want to give it away. Do you guys want to tell us how you did on that? I think you guys fared pretty well. Yes, uh, we won. Right. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. We'll have a cool sound effect playing here. But yeah, you guys won, and that was super amazing to me. Um, what type of, I mean, obviously the work, you guys put in a lot of work to get there, but what type of support have you got since then, and, and what was that whole experience like? If you can walk us through, you know, from your application to, you know, hearing that you won, how did that all go down? So it really was a longer process. It started all in 2019. Early on, we uh, recorded a video to pitch our uh, company, and uh, that was the entry, so to say. So um, whenever we were selected as one of the um, five or six contestants, we got paired with a mentor. His name is Frank Esposito, and he's a you know, retired um, executive, uh, formerly working for um, Western College Sports. Uh, no, Frank, Tucker. Tucker. Frank, Tucker. Uh, when it was known as Tucker Rocky, Frank was the president there, and his most recent gig was as president of Scorpion Helmets. Oh, okay, cool. So Frank was really uh, a great mentor to us, and we clicked immediately. And he gave us homework, and we write off. We started off. Uh, <laughs> developing uh, our pitch, our business plan, and there was a lot of work involved for months. Um, We worked on that business plan together, and he gave us great insights into the motorcycle industry. He really helped us formulating our goals, the company goals, as well as long-term, short-term goals. And as well, he helped us to understand what in um, in our final competition what the people in the, um, uh, what are they called? The judges. The judges, what they would look for. So we worked on over months 
we submitted our business plan, and the business plan eventually was read by uh, some of the uh, judges, and they decided in who could be the finalist and be invited to the AIM Expo, which happened in September in Ohio of 2019. So we were one of the five finalists invited there, and we worked on our eight-minute presentation. <laughs> uh, so Mark and I, we are... Um, you know, we are very uh, confident and we can, you know, stand up in front of people, no problem. But boil down all your, you know, your whole business plan and your whole company to eight minutes of talking is really hard. So we had to really sit down and do that. So yeah. maybe Mark to say something. Right. Well, and, well, everybody probably thinks that it's, oh, you write a kid's book, you get published. It's like step one, two, three. But uh, um there was obviously, we, you know, talking to Mark before, a lot of hard work that you guys put into just getting the material and the content down. Then it has to go through artwork, and you have to, like, mesh that up. You know, from, from concept to finish was already a quite an undertaking, and then to have to go present it again <laughs> to people and make them, you know, make them fall in love with your idea. Um, I'm, I was super pumped when I saw that you guys won, and uh, I, I get the, uh, the AIM and the MIC uh, emails all the time, and when I, when I got, you know, hey, before you guys even reached out, I got it from them, and I was like, oh my, I was my, you know, I was just, I was so full of joy that, that uh, somebody won that I felt like really deserved it, and, and not just because I felt like I got to know you guys over the course of a few interviews, but this book uh, literally has changed uh, a lot of people's lives in uh, in my immediate circles, and and uh, it wasn't just a book about for kids. It was a book like Mark said before when we talked about introducing kids or even getting kids that maybe aren't even going to ride to look out for motorcycles and then to introduce the family aspect uh, in this latest book. And I thought, man, this is like really a cool thing. And where everybody else was like a gear company or, and, and there's nothing against that, but it really was kind of a unique, I think, I don't know if this had part to do with your winning, but I think it was a unique step. Um, cause it kind of is a product, but it's also like rider education and it's that little missing piece that we're missing in the industry right now, which is connecting to kids. So it, it was, it really pumped me when I saw the email that you guys had won. And, um, I could only imagine how, how much work, you know, like you just described <laughs> this thing took. I mean, it's not like, Hey, we entered a competition, we had a cool thing and they liked it. And we went, you, you guys had to do a lot of work here. So, uh, what were your, what was your life like after work and and getting together, you know, you and Mark, how did you guys make time to do all this stuff and still hit the deadline? Uh, and are you asking specifically with regards to the gas tank competition? Yeah, like what, yeah, because you guys, that's a lot of work that you had to put in just to that, you know, just, just to make that happen. So, I mean, that sounds like a kind of a a time suck as far as social and, and personal <laughs> lives go. I mean, you guys are busy parents too on top of all this. I mean, it's certainly been a commitment, but when you believe in something, it certainly doesn't feel necessarily like work. Yeah, it's fun to it's fun to do. We're we're motorcyclists. the The end goal of all of our efforts, uh, you know, obviously inspired by our daughters, we're just trying to get kids excited about motorcycles. <laughs> right. So, but the cool thing about the process was it certainly it forced us to really focus in on and crystallize exactly what we're doing, how we're trying to do it, what our goals are. I mean, we were pretty honest in our presentation, you know, in terms of company goals, you know, we certainly envision 
the Mimi and Moto brand is a, a, you know, an international multi-million dollar thing. How big and, and where it goes is, I think, a function of us and and how much we kind of work into it. I think the success too at at AIM and the get with the whole gas tank thing. I think we're pretty lucky with our timing. Uh, you know, the big focus at AIM was new riders. The yeah. whole presentation Thursday was new riders. Yeah. So it's certainly a a buzzword in the industry. It, you know, everybody's quite well aware of where the industry was pre 2007, 2008 and, and where it's at now. And certainly there's a lot of room to improve. Uh, you know, our, <laughs> what we're trying to do started innocently enough. Um, but it seemed definitely kind of since we, I spoke to you the first time that would have been what, like October of. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like toward the, mm, I think the initial time was, um, right when your Kickstarter was going to, close so I, f- I forget exactly when that was but yeah it was um like toward the end of the summer or something like that and you weren't going to be publishing until this spring uh coming up or something like that yeah i think i think it, for us it ended it sometime in the it was the fall of uh of last year and we spoke a little bit before we mm-hmm. had actually reached the goal yeah yeah and um and then you have you right yeah yeah i think a 2018 right and then, Correct, yeah, 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 because then it got printed and everything this year, and and I was, um, it was so amazing to see some of the people on the Patreon, uh, the Kickstarter list. Uh, you know, we had like Jared Mees, I think Corey Texter was on there. A lot, a lot of uh, in, industry names, but also a lot of writers that have recently had kids. And I mean, it's it's kind of amazing to see the sport that you love, and you know, some of those people have families, and then to see their names on that list was pretty darn cool as well. Um, heading into 2020, this the gas tank um, competition and stuff, I'm sure, was a very focusing uh, exercise, and, it, and it's really cool. I'm kind of wondering what the takeaway was for you guys and how important is that mentorship that you guys got? Is it really driving your 2020 goals and, and actions? Absolutely. You know, the, the ideas and all of the uh, – in our presentation and what we did uh, was really just a, a kind of a snapshot and a reflection of where – our company is at at the moment. Um, again, I, I think the timing worked out great. Certainly, the the four days there. Uh, I mean, time will tell what it did for our brand. But I think we'll always look back at winning that gas tank competition uh, at AIM in September as a, a pretty pivotal moment. We went from being, uh, you know, uh, a couple that's put out a couple of books to, uh, you know we were recognized there. We had the t-shirts on. I think people recognize what, what the brand is trying to do and what we're about. So it was a lot of fun. The presentations were on Thursday. So we had four after that, it was four days of hanging out at our booth. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's just a lot of fun to be sitting in that kind of situation where, um, other people, other motorcyclists are, are coming up. And, and just like you alluded to with, you know, the, the impact of the book and your immediate world, it's a, incredibly satisfying to have people coming up, uh, telling you how much they enjoy the books uh, and and just engaging us and, and us sort of communicating what we want to do. And, you know, our vision for everything that we're trying to do uh, going forward is, is, is books, it's merchandise. We want to try to figure out a way to get Mimi and Moto animated. There's a you know, there's there's no shortage of ideas on this end as to what we want to do, but a lot of it will be in 2020 trying to take a lot of the momentum that we think we generated at AIM and uh, the gas tank competition, and and it's already opened up some doors. It's certainly something when we're reaching out to people as we've just started after the new year. Uh, it's already uh, 
producing for us uh, some opportunities to have some conversations that we think prior to winning Gas Tank we might not have had. Yeah, that's that's awesome. AIM and, and the MIC in general is all about making some really sweet connections. And not only that, I've seen you guys, I think in the last, uh, I've been, a, I, I joined the AMA over the summer. Believe me, uh, all these years not being an AMA member, what an idiot, right? But I joined and I think in the last like four episode or issues of the magazine, I've seen Mimi and Moto in, in there in the ads. And it's a it's just really cool to see the exposure that you guys have. The, and, and then to know that, you know, hundreds of people probably saw you at AIM, thousands. I mean, AIM is a pretty big deal. And uh, every time they open AMA or see see it somewhere, or see an Instagram post or something, hey, there's the motorcycle monkeys. And so I, I can only imagine that people are going to be just kind of waiting to see what the next step is. Plus, it looks like you've been out at a few um, events. You know, you guys aren't, uh, <laughs> you guys are out there hitting the hitting the booze and hitting the pits and all that stuff as well. So it's just, it's really cool to see uh, the amount of time and work that you guys are putting into this. Obviously, it's not a, it's not a slow, easy climb to get to the top of Mount Everest, but uh, if that's your goal, you guys are definitely, you know, putting in the steps, so to speak. Yeah, so the exciting new things we're working on already are um, a couple of new updates to our website. We're going to provide uh, our Mimi and Moto fans with coloring sheets so they can download PDFs and print them at home and the kids can start coloring Mimi and Moto um, uh, from our books. And that will be fun activity for the children and the um, parents. So then we also work on our third book, I'm not even sure. Am I allowed to say what we're working on, or is it a big company secret? I don't know. Uh, no, we can say. We can say it. Yeah, we're working. We are officially working on a third book. Um, we don't have a a title that we put out there, but it will be. Um, it's going to be related to numbers. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Great. So yeah. There will be, yeah, there will be numbers in it. So it will be educational and uh, it will be great fun. So yeah, we we just can't stop, right? So we can't stop working on creatively on something. Yeah, with the other ideas we have in the pipeline are maybe some um, uh, puzzles or something like that. So something in in more you know like a game for kids or yeah. something. With other ideas we have, and we're exploring right now. Right, so. and that's a that's a great. I mean, any any sort of thing that you can get out there that's, you know, not maybe not just a book where you're reading it before bedtime, but yeah, now now you enter the playtime. Heck, Mimi and Moto uh, plates or placemats. Now you're at dinner time. I mean, yeah, this is uh, <laughs> several places you could go with this, and it's all really awesome because kids love to play with whatever they have in front of them. So that's really pretty amazing. And I think to follow up on what like Nancy was talking about, along with, uh, you know, getting going on a third book, um, you know, looking to put out a Mimi and Moto puzzle, you know, one of the things that we're really trying to do too, just like you alluded to, is uh, the best place for us to do our thing is in person with real live people. Mm -hmm. So we are um, not at liberty to say at the moment, but just again, I think because of the, uh, the recent success we've had, we have opened up a couple of doors with uh, some other organizations that we want to uh, develop relationships with. Um, we've had a, a really nice streak with, you know, over the last year is building a nice relationship with Moto America, with the Barber Motorsports Museum, with the AMA, with the AMA Hall of Fame. Uh, and, you know, for 2020, I think we really envision just doing more of that and really trying to position ourselves with 
uh, other people to say, you know, we want to be, we want Mimi and Moto to be considered a resource. You know, if it involves families and kids and you think we can be involved and help, then we want to be involved and help. Um, you know, what we're doing is pretty wide open. We're not very limited. I mean, the only limitations to our world are, uh, our imaginations and money. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> as we continue to, you know, we just want to kind of keep developing relationships with different entities that can allow us to, to be a part of what they're doing to help, uh, attract more kids, uh, and families, um, and just keep growing the brand. Certainly, uh, as much as we can do here in the States, but, you know, certainly trying to get the Mimi and Moto brand. Um, uh, we recognize the international potential of what we're doing. Motorcycling is, in fact, bigger outside the United States than it is here, so it's a big world out there, and we see no reason that uh, Mimi and Moto can't be getting children excited about motorcycles all over the world. Right. Yeah, do you have uh, a deal for uh translations or anything like that in the works or have you guys looked into that because that's yeah you're absolutely right there's uh i don't think that kids motorcycling books is huge um you know across the globe it just is about as big as it is here so that's a great avenue to explore we're, we're talking with a company uh over in the uk uh we absolutely have every intention of translating the books it's just gonna it's just a matter of uh, timing and with whom we, you know, whatever we choose to do, we're trying to make the best decisions for the brand going forward that are in the long-term interests of what we're trying to do. Yeah. So it's, it's really just sort of, you know, there's opportunities that you create for yourself and then there's those opportunities that just sort of happen um, yeah. by nature of the energy that we're putting out into the universe. And, you know, I, I think both Nancy and I feel like we've been putting out some pretty cool energy and it's, it's, it is very uh, gratifying to to see this thing starting to kind of get a life of its own. Yeah, um, and provide us with more creative opportunities. Just like Nancy was saying, we we just want to keep putting ourselves in a position to be creative because ultimately that is what drives our brand is is those two characters. It's <laughs> obviously me and Nancy do it, but you know the kids don't know Mark and Nancy. They know Mimi and Moto, and and that's who we need to to grow and and try to just get them a lot more into, you know, the pop culture landscape out there. Right. And, um, with your own kids, are you guys rock stars yet? Or still just mom and dad that made this book that people are starting to like? Uh, For our daughter, I think we are, yeah, we are amazing and we are great. And she's mimicking (laughs) us and she's, you know, she's doing her own book. Mommy, I I made my own book and she's, you know, stapling pages together and writing her three letters. She can write, So it's just cute to see. And then she's also taking ownership of some of the edits we made on the second printing. So she did recognize some of the little detailed uh, color things we missed. And, you know, she will forever be uh, obviously, you know, part of this process because we were inspired by her and we continue to be inspired by her you know, existence and also by her interests, uh, but what we see in her room, you know, her toys, what she's drawn to, we will always be inspired by that yeah. because that's our, you know, that's our blueprint. We we know what works for children in general, so we can translate it maybe to our brand. So, um, right. Yeah, that's so, you know. so amazing. That is so cool to hear that uh, she's she maybe watch out. She may be asking for some uh, royal editing royalties if she uh, <laughs> starts catching stuff here and there. But yeah, there's nothing like a like a kid's imagination to inspire 
uh, as, especially as we get older to keep us kind of, kind of grounded or, or keep our heads up, I guess, in the clouds with them. Um, yeah, I, I, the, knowing you as, as Mark and Nancy and knowing Mimi and Moto, yeah, that's definitely the, the brand, um, has definitely gained some traction and, and has its own, uh, its own recognition. Are, is it going to, as your daughter grows, do you think Mimi and Moto will grow? Do you think we'll see Mimi and Moto as high school kids at some point, uh, down the line <laughs> or, or am I thinking way too far ahead? Anything's possible. You know, so, so far, at least what we've done with, with the, you know, the adventures of Mimi and Moto, the first book was definitely geared towards our daughter as a toddler. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, we didn't, we weren't going to create a book for her, uh, that was, you know, above her pay grade and with, <laughs> with alphabet as our daughter is, uh, will be heading into first grade and, and reading and whatnot. That's, it was a really natural place for us to go. I mean, last night we were at her sort of, a uh, thing for parents who have kids who are, are going to first grade and we're sitting there in this room and there's like the numbers one through 10 and the alphabet and the, everything that we're trying to do. So there is certainly some, some sense of watching what, where she's at and what we're trying to do. You know, we didn't, we specifically wanted to make sure that our second book alphabet did appeal to a slightly older child. Yeah. It wouldn't have made it would not make any sense for us to keep Mimi and Moto static and only appealing to toddler types. Yeah. Uh, and certainly going forward, if there's an opportunity to, to push it a little bit farther and a little bit older, listen, we, you know, we, the wider range of children that Mimi and Moto can appeal to, uh, the better it is for what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're open to any opportunities and we're just, we're just kind of going with what feels right. We're just, you know, we kind of trust the process and, and we'll go with it. Yep. And I like last year, you said it a few times, poking the bear, which is uh, basically one of the best ways to, you know, just get in your steps and, and uh, do your processes and <laughs> make sure that you're, you're getting them done because that's what matters in the long run. Um, having, having My kids are a little older. They still love the book. Oh, whoa, it's a little alphabet book. But lo and behold, they're sitting there reading it all the time, you know. And then um, Wiggins' daughter, uh, she's uh, going on two and a half, and I, and I gave her a copy of the book, and of course she loves it and now remembers my name. Before, before the book, she that guy, that guy that you go to his house and record, now it's like, oh, yeah, hey, the guy that gave me the book, now she knows, you know, she associated Mimi and Moto with me, so thanks for that. And then um, as my kids have got older, there's always those those kid movies, but they have something for the adults. I mean, I could see Mimi and Moto, the animated thing, you know, an, uh, being an animated series with, you know, like maybe teaching an MSF writer course or something. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm thinking too far outside the box, but there's several ways that you can appeal to so many different age levels um, and still be based, you know, for, for younger kids and all this. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. The, the, the limitation is just imagination and, and money basically. So, um, it sounds like you've got, uh, enough of one and hopefully we can get you, uh, some more of the other and, and how are sales and all that stuff? I mean, we just had a really, um, apparently everybody had a really good Christmas. Did you guys have a, have a pretty good Christmas as far as uh, the business goes? Yeah, I would say definitely one of our best years so far, you know, mostly because we have two items instead of one and one item helps with all the other items. So 
I would say uh, there were a lot of customers who were new and who were excited to buy a book bundle. So we offer our book bundle, um, both books for, you know, like a, a better price uh, from our website. So I would say we have seen, yeah, dramatic increase um, after we have won the MIC Gas Tank competition and then also um, just gotten some traction with a new book. And now I hope we can continue this in 2020 where we release you know, some of the interviews, um, not only podcasts and interviews um, with you, or um, we will also have some printed um, reviews of the book. And uh, there's another interview coming in the AMA uh, magazine. So let's see uh, how that turns out. Right. Uh, and, and yeah, like I said, I've seen I've seen you guys um, all over uh, motorcycle publications. People are just loving it. And you know what? I mean, it, it's fair. It was, it was so nice that you guys are giving something to the community, especially the younger part of the community that we really need to connect with. So now you guys got something back, um, you know, by winning the gas tank, uh, competition. And it, it really is cool, you know, that you guys are, do, are doing this and got some support from it. So, I mean, congrats. I'm really proud of, uh, you know, what you guys have done for the community in, in general um, and for the young ones that we really need to connect with. I mean, that's like the big, biggest push is getting new writers and new writers are only going to come from one place, right? And that's our younger generation. So yeah, congrats for and, and thank you for everything that you guys have done um, for the community. All right, that was Mark and Nancy from Mimi and Moto. And what a story. I mean, like I mentioned, you don't just write a book and publish it and then go on to do, you know, great things with it unless you put in lots and lots of hard work. I really was interested in hearing about the process of it all, uh, their their journey from having to write this crazy business plan, you know, having this thing that was out there that was doing pretty good and then having to like restart with the, uh, the gas tank initiative. Luckily, they got something back from the community and I'm really looking forward to see what they're going to be bringing us in 2020. Uh, I actually need to pop one more thing in here. Here's where to find them if you need on the internet. The first place we ask our fans to go to is our website, which is mimiandmoto.com. You can get our T-shirts there, the books, the book bundles. Uh, as Nancy mentioned earlier, uh, we will be uh, having an update on that site and offering some different options uh, for people to get our stuff. Uh, our stuff is also available on Amazon and eBay for those uh, who want to go shop there. Um, obviously, you know, we've got the stuff at uh, a bunch of great retailers like the Barber Motorsports Museum, um, Wheels Through Time, the AMA Hall of Fame, uh, Malcolm Smith Motorsports out there in Southern California uh, has our books as well. So, um, but yeah, from the standpoint of uh, that stuff, we always love for people to come directly to our website. Right. Fantastic. All right. And if anybody wants to catch you on social media, where can we find you? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Mimi and Moto. Looking for a high-quality leather that doesn't cost an arm and a leg? Well, not yours anyway. Try Criders, made in the USA from 100% renewable resources. We don't use fancy hide like kangaroo or elk, nor do we use other imported hides like jaguar or okapi. Those animals are scarce and protected. We extrapolate our hides from a unique source of marsupial. Not a wallaby, though, if that's what you were thinking. Crider's leathers are made from the United States' most renewable resource, the common opossum. The common opossum is so common, in fact, that thousands of hides go to waste each year on American roadways. 
We don't believe in letting these valuable garment farms end up in the city dump, especially with a looming leather shortage on the horizon. Criders is dedicated to rider safety, and a low overhead is our number one priority. Visit Criders today and we'll fit you up in new skin. Possum skin. Criders, the cheapest leather you'll wear. Visit Criders now. We're located down by the stream behind the old recycling factory. Criders Leathers. Hey everyone, this is Liza from the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. And when I am getting a root canal or something else really just painful and shitty, I like to listen to the Creative Writing Podcast because the best way to fight pain is with pain. Yes, we'll turn the. We don't want to get too romantic here at Creative Writing Podcast Studios. Um, what's up, everybody? Uh, this is um, Junk Meister. We're coming back from a great interview there with uh, Mark and Nancy from Mimi Moto. And now we know Mark wasn't lying. We know Nancy is real. Um, I, I always had my doubts back in our in our older interviews. So Wigs, what's been going on, man? What's going on with the RC car shit? I didn't want to ask, but I knew uh, I knew you probably want to tell. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's all good. Good. Uh, just living the dream, man. Working. <laughs> I got to get my bike ready for the one show, so I got to get on that. Yeah, that's coming up here pretty soon. I actually I have some upcoming events that I uh, listed on our um, on our website, and that's one of them. The one show is coming up. Mama Tried got pushed back a little bit, I think, uh, from when it normally occurs, but that's mm-hmm. going to be coming up pretty soon. A lot of good stuff. Should we... Uh, I don't want to get into that right now. I want to pick a word of the week. We are waiting also for a Jay had an emergency. And as Wiggins pointed out earlier, it's a far, it's a freaking far drive from, from Long Beach to here. It's at least half an hour. I can't believe she drives here uh, every week to come do the show for you unappreciative dirtbags. Listen, um, but there are a lot of people that have written in and said they enjoy the female perspective. So I will be filling in for Jay tonight if she doesn't make it. Uh, I'm going to have to pause this real quick while we get the word of the week hands. So I'm going to be clattering around on air. Hang on one sec, listeners. <laughs> I'm going to blame Jason. She's not here. <laughs> yeah, we should do a jerky swap. I am about to. But hey, come on. Keep it keep it clean, people. We got popcorn popping in the background. We got some jerky on my lap here. And uh, I'm about to take a, take a bite. Now, my wife made some jerky last uh, Saturday. And so I will tell you. What is this? Is this beef or pork? Beef. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. This is spicy. What's worse, hearing me chew hot jerky on the air or listening to popcorn pop in the background? Or listening to Wiggins heavy breathe while he looks at birthday cakes on Instagram? If you hear me heavy breathing, you're up too loud. Look how far I am away from the mic. I know. Here. This is mind-blowing. That's great. What's your recipe, or can you not say it on the air? I can say it. It's, uh, for the most part, kinkum and teriyaki, Worcestershire, and then this one I put a bunch of uh, sriracha and brown sugar. And then something I tr- knew I tried this time, and I, I like it, but you can't, like, let it sit as long. Like, it'll go bad because it's still kind of wet. Like, uh, I took the marinade, and I put in a skillet, and I let it, like, simmer and reduce more into, like, a sauce. And then I, like, re-brushed it on... Um, 
the jerky and it was pretty good. Um, so yeah, but this is like sriracha with some brown sugar. This one is more heavily sriracha and less brown sugared. Sriracha was word of the week. You got to do a deed. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I hope yeah. it smelled popcorn because they're doing that. God, that popcorn smells great. It's always so good. Mm-hmm. We're so, going to have a review that says, these guys are pretty good, but they're always eating popcorn and mm-hmm. it's annoying. Well. And people aren't really annoyed that we're eating popcorn. They're annoyed that they're not oh, eating shit. popcorn with us. Yeah. I got to turn myself down and go get this popcorn. Say something unique, Wiggins. So, <laughs> it makes it worse because I like can't look at you and talk. So the, the trick is for this week is um, pause the podcast, go in, make yourself some popcorn. When it's done, you put it in a bowl, you come back in, turn the podcast on, and then you can eat podcast or eat podcast. Then you can eat popcorn with us and you won't be so upset. See, that's the trick. It's all about how you how you work things. Yeah, this is definitely gonna 2020 is gonna be the year of the mood podcast. <laughs> and I didn't tell the patrons about our new I, I told them there was a lot of new things coming for 2020, but I didn't tell them that eating popcorn on the show was gonna be one. Um, but now they know. Hey, while um I'm going to give Wiggins the, the word can, because I picked it out last year, last week, didn't I? I think so. Or did I pick the deed? I don't remember. Yeah, maybe I will pick this week's word then, because I can't remember either. Which of, them, which of us has the worst memory? Uh, <laughs> All right. That's a, that's a good question. It was Hooligan. Who picked that last week? It was either you or Jay last yeah, week. Yeah, I picked the deed, so it must have been, because I said it. Yeah, it must have been Jay picked it. So this week's <laughs> fucking great. This week's <laughs> word is motorcycle. Again, I'm going to assume that this is Jason the Dirtbag Goldmeyer who has put like motorcycle, um, flat track, hooligan. He's put every single thing that we talk about. So the word of the week comes uh, correct <laughs> in, in the tone of the little bell. I think I should wait till the end of the show to ding this because it's going to be really hard to talk about. Hey, okay, the word of the week is going to be active in about 30 seconds. Wiggins, while it's not active yet, let's think of a word that we can substitute with motorcycle so that we can say uh, m- bike. I we'll mean, just say I bike. Mean, you can say motorbike. Make it all you Euro. Go. There you go. be all Euro for the right, weekend. We're running out of time. We're running out of time. All right. The word is official. We can't say the... Uh, I like the bicycle bell, too, to make it official. Yes. Good thing you didn't say the other type of cycle bell. Yeah, so I guess we could say cycles. We could say bikes, and we could say motorbike, as long as we stay away from the... Yeah, um, that's... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about all this. Great. Stuff. Well, word of the week is our own punishment to ourselves as a way for listeners to engage us and talk while we're on this great motor bike podcast. (laughs) Motor biking podcast. Listener engagement. I'm excited about next week's Wiggins Wednesday because it was totally listener engagement driven. Nice. So uh, thank you for reaching out and finally emailing askwigs at gmail.com. Yeah. And actually, the guys from Nokomoto asked me to uh, verify. They're like, is it? And they spelled it, and I was like, no, there's a Z. They're like, dude, no wonder he doesn't get emails. There's probably somebody out there with the ask wigs with the <laughs> S, you know? And I was like, well, that was already t- – somebody took that. If you can – as soon as we mentioned it on the show, some I went to ask Wiggins and ask Wigs, and it, they were all taken already. So somebody – some bot that was listening to the internet camped out and got us on that one. That's what Sorry, I ask Wigs with a Z is pretty good. Yeah. It's edgy. You could actually, you know, trademark that because it's not like a, it's like, you know, you can't trademark regular words or stuff yeah. like that. And it's simple. It's just A-S-K-W-I-G-G-Z, 
at gmail.com. Yeah. And if you go to Ask Wigs with only one G, you get a totally different website. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about hair and and uh, covering up your bald spots and all that stuff. Ask Wigs. Uh, we hope your business is thriving uh, due to us. All right. Dad jokes aside. So on this week's show, uh, we like we've had some great interviews already, but we have one more announcement to make before we get into the good bits. Um, Austin from Twisted Road, you may remember last week's interview. Uh, he got back to us with his awesome little updates here. And by little updates, I mean, hell no. He's partnered with somebody on social media. He also has a referral program. And if you can believe it or not, Yami Noob has partnered with Twisted Road. Uh, he's all over YouTube. You should watch. He's got some pretty funny videos. Um, if you know Yami Noob, he's a he's a uh, YouTube sensation in the motorcycle realm. And also, um, uh, I was texting with Austin tonight, and he said, if you have people go to Twisted Road and sign up, uh, register on the site, and use the code Wiggins, W-I-G-G-I-N-S, you can get a free day of riding, and it'll give Wiggins a little bit of a kickback so that he can uh, get something besides that old jalopy that he has for rent on there. <laughs> so how does it how does it feel to own the Ford Pinto of motorcycles but be able to rent the Ferrari? Huh? Let me know. I was going to say good, but I don't know if <laughs> You don't like me calling the Dyna Pinto. Pinto or not. No, the Dyna is like the Cadillac Eldorado, sort of, I guess. I don't know. What is the Dyna? That's, that's a good... Uh, Show topic. We have to figure out what if if your bike was a car, what would it be? I mine's, feel like mine's definitely the CTSV. It's like the fat version of something fast. Yeah, I get it. I get where you're going with that. I was gonna say the uh, Pontiac GT or whatever. Um, so yeah, so Austin, thank you so much for chiming in. Go, go head over to twistedroad.com. And hey, did this fool needs a bowl too? He he wants that. <laughs> hey, he got some jerky too. I told him we should do a jerky swap. It's spicy. Do you like spicy? Yes. Yeah. So what? What you? What? Okay. What? Look at Bella. What you're hearing on the air right now is the is a two connoisseurs of jerky okay. making. Make hey, okay. take a taste of that too. It's really good. No, are you crazy? I brought it to snack on, but you guys can definitely <laughs> try it. I didn't. I didn't know it was such a big deal over here. I yeah. was just like, oh my hey. Gosh, yeah, I love it. Jerky's big time. We're all about the jerky. Do you notice we have one less dog? We that's how much we love our jerky. All right. Okay. We're gonna make a much needed commercial break to eat some jerky and popcorn. We'll be right back with Creative Running More Cycle Podcast. Actually, Junkie, this is uh, Gary Canary here on the commuter mobility scooter. You know, Brian lost his pilot's license about a month ago, and so I've been having to, uh, without the advantage of being able to fly over the city in, in Sky 600, I've been having to assess things here from the ground. So we're going to be here on 4th Street for this whole traffic report. It's going to take a long time as we travel down the vast wasteland expanse of what is 4th Street here. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just dodged a cup of what I can only assume is urine here, and uh, we're headed toward a bag of miscellaneous what looks like to be clothing. So if you're headed down 4th Street, watch out for a bag of clothing and a coffee cup that is not full of coffee whatsoever. Uh, I'm actually headed down the street here to one of the best coffee joints 
on Forest Street and uh, probably be about a 15-minute commute. If you're walking, you can start jogging at a little bit faster pace, and you'll make it there uh, with a little bit less time, but you might have some congestion here at each intersection where you're going to have to stop and wait for the traffic lights and the walk signal. Uh, now I'm just now dodging. There's a there's going to be a sick alert. <laughs> sick alert, get it? Uh, out here in front of Nuggets Nightclub where you're going to have to go just swerve a little bit left to dodge a, uh, a pile of vomit. And uh, there's uh, other things on the sidewalk out here. You know, if you're walking your dog, please pick up after your dog. At this point, it's really hard to tell on 4th Street what is uh, human feces and what's canine feces. So please pick up after your dog. We've had a light drizzle all night into the morning. And uh, it's making things pretty, uh, you know, pretty obscure as far as uh, what waste is what. So, oh, hang on one sec. I did double head tap there on a gigantic nutria. Usually, we, we don't usually find these things in LA, but the vermin down here has just got out of hand. Uh, oh shit! All right, uh, I'm getting I'm getting rolled on for firing a firearm in the city limits. Uh, I'm out of here, junkie. Uh, Gary, Gary with this scooter computer right. All right. Well, Jay's not going to make it in tonight, so we are just going to roll with this week's show. Uh, which is going to make it not as fun because I got a WFO, which is what's the fake one. We're going to take a time right now to play that with Mr. Wiggins. All right. That was my cheesy drum roll that I don't know if it was loud enough for this recording. Let me do that one more time. All right. Let's get into this week's what's the fake one. Uh, for those of you who are just rejoining us, uh, What's the fake one is our little fake headline, um, little news stories that we do. And I love to throw out some fake headlines to Wiggins and Jay. And so I don't have this displayed up on the screen because I don't want you to see these. All right, I've got six uh, headlines. I figured if I do five, you could just say, hey, number three, because, you know, two real on the ends. With the, you know, I was like, he can guess that pretty good. If I do six, I don't know why I thought six would be harder to guess. But anyways... Here we go. We got six fake headlines. You know, if there were five and you just didn't put it in number three, it'd yeah. be hard to guess. Well, I, yeah, I I think weirdly. <laughs> but then I was like, he then he's have a 50-50. No, I don't know. I don't know my my reasoning. So I picked six. Uh, I just figured when, when you have uh, an even number, it's even harder, I guess. I don't know. At any rate, let's get into this week's WFO. I got six headlines here. Wiggins is going to have to guess the correct one. And you at home can play along too. If you know which one is the fake one, go ahead and scream it out. I'm sure we'll probably hear it. Just go ahead and scream it. If you're at the office, even better. Uh, or in your car at a stoplight, just start screaming the headline and uh, get, get people interested in the news, what's going on around them. All right, first headline. Andre Yanoni's B sample tests positive for steroids. Headline number two, 200 horsepower, 200 miles an hour, and 200 mile range claimed for Damon Hypersport electric superbike. Uh, headline number three, Lego to feature a full lineup of Harley Davidson and BMW motorcycles. Headline number four, believe it or not, the Lunar Rover was almost a lunar electric motorbike. Headline number five, TT2020. John McGinnis signs for Kawasaki? Headline number six, you can now buy a Harley-Davidson truck again. 
All right, those are our six headlines. Let's see. Are you screaming one at the? Uh, I can hear somebody screaming right now. Somebody knows which one's the fake one, or somebody knows which one they think is fake. Yeah, you got to say it louder. Say it into your speaker so we can hear it. Yep, there it was. I yep. think I think I agree with them. I think I heard someone say the word of the week though. I think they should do a punishment. <laughs> they have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're guilty, you let us know. You let us know. Be honest now. Creative writing podcast Don't at gmail.com. I'm gonna say. Um, McGinnis, although I might not agree that he's smart for signing with Cowie, you know, um, I'm going to, well, maybe they don't have a box of neutrals like the Honda. <laughs> so I'm going to say the fake one is the Land Rover, the Lunar Rover. Okay. Uh, believe it or not, the Lunar Rover was almost a lunar no. electric motorbike. Well, according to NASA's history office, uh, for science and exploration uh, on later Apollo missions, astronauts... Um, they needed a better mobility, and so several options were studied, including an electric motor scooter. They had this little thing out there that kind of looked like a, um, a little bit bigger, like a CT70 size little electric motorbike. So yeah, that one was not fake. That was and you true. know for you know now that I know it's not fake for putting in a spaceship and taking up there. It's like the Moto Compo of yeah. <laughs> yeah why not? You could fit like twenty of them where you fit that gigantic heavy lunar rover. I only know it was heavy because I went to the uh, the film lot where they filmed that whole fake thing, and I actually got to ride around in it. Oh, that's cool though. <laughs> All right, uh, that leaves us with five more. Let's take a guess here. Andre Yanoni's B sample test positive for steroids. I don't know who that is. Andrea Yanoni. He is. Um, I wouldn't say a talented MotoGP rider, but he, he a well-known MotoGP rider. Well, I mean, you know, just to be MotoGP, you're pretty talented. Yeah. But then you're compared to some really talented guys, so I get it. Um, the 200 horsepower, 200 mile per hour, and 200 mile range claimed for Damon Mo- Hypersport Electric Superbike. See, I think that's an easy one because the electric companies always claim shit. Yeah. There you go. That's a good. They rarely pull through, but they do claim it. They always claim. Oh, I love every single electric motorbike that I've seen. Notice I said motorbike. Has been, um, I'm going to have to go back and listen to the lunar module. Did I say the word of the week? No, no, no. It says motorbike there too. Yeah, okay. And motor scooter. Um, Every single electric ad says um, two. Uh, zero to 60 in less than three seconds. Like, or they'll say 2.9 or something from Harley on down, like everybody. And I was like, is it, where's this magic number? Is now it the, really that hard to go? The only thing that makes that one sound fake is they said horsepower. Mm-hmm. And electric is notorious for torque. Right. Is, is that but, your fake one? Or you want me to keep reading all the way Let's keep reading. Let's just hear them all again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Yanoni one, the 200... Well, let me just start at the top. Andre Yanoni's B sample test positive for steroids. 200 horsepower, 200 miles an hour, and 200 mile range claimed for Damon Hypersport Electric Superbike. Uh, Lego to feature a full lineup of Harley-Davidson and BMW motorcycles. Uh, TT 2020 John McGinnis signs for Kawasaki. Or you can now buy a Harley-Davidson truck again. I know you can buy the truck again. Yeah. It's, okay. it's only like 95 Gs, by the way. <laughs> for a fucking pickup truck. Uh-huh. That if you use like a pickup truck, you should never pay that for it. Yeah. Do you remember but, the first ones? Yeah. It's like the Ford F2, it's just F-150. F-150. The new one, I think, is a 250, if I'm not mistaken. It's a GMC Sierra. Well, it's a GMC-based uh, machine this time. Um, Limited run model with just 250 of the machines set to be built each year. They also have a Ford model that... 
came out mid to last year that should still be a current. Oh, really? Um, and it was year. like a revamp of the one that was available yeah, in like the 2000s yeah. or whatever? That's the one I saw the price tag on. Oh, Unless okay. it was a 2019 and they got a new contract for 20 but Yeah, because I didn't know they still made those Ford ones. I thought they, I thought that was just like a run in the, 2000, or like in the late 90s, early 2000s. Or yeah, whatever. I know they had another one. Uh, this one actually... That was the one I know was like 98 Gs. Yeah, this one is probably the same. I... Not 100% sure. I didn't write the price down because I was like, I'm not going to go through all that. Uh, but if you want to look it up, check it out. Um, it's the new GMC-based machine. They gave the task of like all the trim and all that stuff to um, Tuscany Rusty Motor. Butcher? Oh. Rusty Butcher. <laughs> it's going ha- to be white and black with the uh, lightning stripe. You can't miss it. Um, Tuscany Motor Co. And so I was checking this thing. Um, it says there's 65 unique components to each uh, each truck and it includes like, there's like a special metal, um, like emblem on the tailgate. It doesn't say GMC anywhere, at least in these pictures, it says Harley Davidson everywhere where it would normally say GMC. So like the grill and the tailgate and all that stuff mm. all says, uh, Harley Davidson all over it. And like all the bunch of crap on the interior, just like the Fords did. And they had like the Harley emblem on the Fords. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's true. And I, I forget how much those were. Only 250 of them made each year though. I'm sure those are going to be also very stupidly expensive. Yeah. So Is now, it based on the 1500 though? Uh, probably. If I'm not mistaken, the last Ford was a 2500. Yeah, I'd have but to look I it up. I be mistaken. I got the headline and I got the basics and I was like, this thing is so stupid. I'm not going to really bother yeah. reading more about it. But now I regret that decision. I was going to say like, my penis isn't that small. I don't need a $100,000 truck. But it probably is that small. I just can't afford that truck. So maybe that's why I don't like it. For a second, I thought you said opinious. And I was like, is that <laughs> is that one your opinion? <laughs> you feel like your opinion should be bigger? <laughs> my opinions. Oh, man. Yeah. No, my opinions are plenty big. <laughs> probably too big, actually. Right. I don't need to... Uh, big opinion, small wiener, or whatever the truck saying is. Yeah, I'm going to look up Harley-Davidson GMC. So that leaves us with uh, McGinnis. Who did he ride for last year? Norton. He rode a Norton, and it broke down too. And before that, it was a Honda, and it broke down too. And I think last year He's he— too good to ride a Norton. Yeah. Well, it was crazy because Norton— um, I left out this headline. I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about doing the uh, this headline— but Norton actually owes a ton of taxes to whatever the British tax services. It's a, it's a lot. It's a pretty. They're gonna like maybe go out of business already because they made that V four super. That's what he rode was that V four yeah, thing was rad super bike. And then um, I think they worked on like maybe a smaller displacement like six fifty two or something. But uh, they're already like, hey, we're gonna go out of business already because we didn't pay our back taxes or didn't pay taxes to begin with. You know, sometimes they can get a break from that though. If, if the country wants to allow them to, you know what I mean? Like, so they don't go out. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I don't think England's too savvy on Norton. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> They're too worried about not Brexiting or Brexiting right now. Yeah. Did they finish right. Brexiting? I don't think so. They're still voting on if they should Brexit or yeah, not. Well, what are we going to eat for Brexit? I don't know. So yeah, the F-150 was... The last package to feature it, and now it's the GMC Sierra. So it doesn't say what that is, but I'm pretty sure that's like a 1500, right? Do they have a 2500 Sierra? I don't know. They, yeah. I, 
Yeah, I don't know. They're ridiculous. Dude, trucks look more and more like Hot Wheels every time I like look at them now. Yeah. They're just like weird. So yeah, the Tuscany uh, offers a Harley-Davidson package Sierra. Um, so I don't know. You guys want to go find it, go go check it out. This is on um, autoblog.com. So go check it out. Go to Autoblog and, and order up your uh, GMC Sierra. So yeah, we have left uh, Yanone's Wii. <laughs> His B sample, um, the electric motorbike, which I like your analogy. They always claim <laughs> they claim everything, and Lego. I mean, <clears throat> the only thing that makes Lego iffy is like, you know, we saw a lot of the soft tail, but did they actually sell a lot? Because that's what matters. And you know, selling them to a few motorcycle adults doesn't matter. The Le- Lego, the Lego Harley, they did. Oh yeah, 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 <clears throat> the Fat Boy. Yeah, you got to sell a ton of kits to kids. That's what matters. So yeah, at ninety nine dollars a pop, I don't think many kids are going to be buying those. Yeah, huh? Is that how much they were? <laughs> Dan, one of the one of my friends that um, at work that that rides, I think he bought one, and then Dan rides Moto, who was formerly Daily Bikers Dan. Uh, I think he bought one too, and I told him, well, at least he doesn't have kids because he won't be stepping on that thing <laughs> in the middle of the night in the, in the dark hallway on the way to the toilet, right? But ninety nine bucks, yeah, I that's what they're going for. That's an expensive kit, but then again, my kids are into Legos and they're looking at stuff that costs like five hundred dollars. And I'm like, oh. do you know how much that? Well, look at like the Millennium Falcon kit and stuff like that's that. That's what like, it is. One of them was like the Death Star or something. My son was like, look at this, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, it's like five hundred bucks. That was like I could buy three Spamalas for that much. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, <laughs> that was supposed to be a fart. Well, that happened. <laughs> That's what my butt sounds like when I fart. Anyway, this is what I think about paying that much for Legos. All right. And I think of that. I would blow my brains out, I guess, is what I was saying. Um, So, yeah, let's wrap it up. So the Legos thing, you think that's fake or you think that's true? Uh, You don't think enough people saw the, will buy the Fat Boy at $99 to make that legit? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have a Porsche, but they only have one. They have a Volkswagen something, but they only have, like... It'd be hard to do a full lineup yeah. and add BMW. So yeah. let's say that's the fake one. Yeah. That is the fake one. All right. Yay. Yeah, that's all you get is a little. Uh, oh, that's okay. All right. That's now okay. you get a little bit more than that. Um, yeah, they did make the Fat Boy and they made an R1200GS last year. Uh, the Fat Boy, it looks like they made a lot more, um, probably at Harley's urging, they made a lot more special parts for it. Uh, because it is legitimately fat, where the R1200GS looked like they took a bunch of Legos and just made an R1200GS out of it. Uh, the Fat Boy got a lot more special stuff. So that means that Yanone's B sample does test positive for steroids. Um, his lawyer confirmed to uh, Italian Sports Daily that his B sample from the drug test he failed at Sepang also came back positive, and now he faces a four-year ban based on the WADA, um, which is the World Anti-Doping Association's um, guidelines. You know, the problem is, if he wants to dope, like, all these GP guys are hooked up with cycling. If you want to dope, <laughs> get with the best people do, in the world the and do fucking it, dope. Like, do it without being detected, yeah, right? Yeah, roids aren't going to do it anymore. Like, it's not the 90s anymore. You you got to be cutting edge if you're going to dope. Yeah, I and, just listened to a uh, front-end chatter today, too. 
and I'd like to point out that they said we would have said it was performance enhancing, but he's not been doing so hot. So <laughs> it's all for naught, right? And it was a super small, it was like a billionth of a gram or something. Cause it was like, it was like 0. 0.1 nanograms. It was a very tiny amount, but, um, the A and A and B sample can't, comes from the same piece. So it's not like it's going to test any different later. So he failed it back in Sepang, uh, you know, said, um, I don't know that <laughs> you got to listen to front end chatter. They're making some pretty funny jokes about stuff, but it's like the world anti-doping thing is that like, you're responsible for what goes into your body. So even if you think like, <laughs> like their analogy of like a waiter jerking off into your sushi or something like that, and he's been on steroids, so you get like a billionth of a gram, uh, you're responsible. <laughs> you, you're the one that ate the sushi. So yeah, tough titties. Um, so yeah, that one is true. And it looks like he will be facing a four year ban and, uh, maybe he needs the time off to like Dalton Gaultier, come back and then win the championship. Right. Am I right? Um, also that means that the 200, we're just going to call it 200, 200 horsepower, 200 miles per hour and a 200 mile range claimed from the Damon hypersport, uh, electric superbike. Now this thing was at CES along with a few other, um, uh, electric motorbikes, and uh, basically, it's let me see where a lot of other things of this caliber come in with huge, huge price tags. Like uh, the article that I read quoted the Arc Vector at ninety thousand bucks. Damon are saying that theirs is going to be around twenty thousand uh, bucks, and it's not cheap. It's still up there, like a, with the top petrol um, superbikes. And I want to say like the CBR and like the R One M are like right around like twenty one, like somewhere around there like they're they're up around 20,000 bucks now. And so if you think about that plus it's also got this thing called Copilot which I believe is their platform and it makes a 360 degree safety net around the bike that uses like three different types of radar and a bunch of sensors and like rear view cameras. I think there's a display in the um uh, in the instrument cluster that shows you what's behind you so that there's like there must be a rear facing camera as well and there's all sorts of like little things looking to all four corners like there's like a basically like a, a asterisk of sensors painted around your bike so that it's detecting people coming up behind you how close you are to stuff and they are on the cutting edge of safety with this co-pilot program but not only that to add one more dimension to this thing there's this uh, shift platform that's also integrated into this. And I think the, um, the co-pilot thing was developed with BlackBerry. So like it's got all the wireless technologies and like all the uh, Bluetooth and all this and that connected to it from that aspect. And the shift platform I think is from Damon and that actually changes the windscreen, the handlebars and the foot pegs when you start riding more aggressively or when you switch modes or something like that. It actually scoots you down into a more aggressive mode. It pulls the, um, lowers the handlebars down, puts the windscreen down and pulls your feet pegs up so you can like lean over more. And so I was like, what the heck? Like it actually changes the ergonomics of the bike, the ergodynamics. I almost said, that's actually good. Uh, ergodynamics. I like that. I'm going to coin that phrase. Um, but anyways, yeah. So you, you can go from like upright commuting into like laying down on the tank track on the same bike. Like it basically turns your, your one piece bars into clip ons somehow. It's like a transformer. So that one's real. And we will see, apparently there's been testing done on it, but hey, that 200 mile range and all that stuff. I love that because every bike can make that claim. Look at this ad that popped up. 
for lemon pepper beef jerky. <laughs> Somebody's listening. No fucking joke. We were just talking about it's that. It's not just creative writing listeners. It's the internet. So yeah. So that's happening. And that is, uh, what's the fake one? So Lego, even though they did make a fat boy, and even though they did make an R1200GS, I don't think, I think Wiggins is right. I don't think they're going to make an entire lineup. Um, oh, look, now I'm getting offered free credit financing for a GMC Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, so, yeah, this week's Moto Scam. We got some upcoming events that I should probably mention Did before you say we say Moto read. Scam? Moto is it a Scam. It is a scam because who, who the hell cares about? Uh, no, I do. I care about this stuff. Um, upcoming events that we have, I'm going to go reference our website real quick. But, um, but yeah, we got some really good ones. I want to mention right uh, off the top of my head, I can think of um, IMS Denver is coming up. I think our good friend Brady Walker, he's been working all of them. He's going to be working this one. But also uh, Nokomoto guys, they're going to be there at the uh, – I think it's going to be at the Colorado Convention Center. And it's going to be uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And they're going to be hanging out. They're going to be like banging random floozies, like all the IMS floozies. That, <laughs> they're going to be drinking beer, puking beer all over there. Uh, if you're there for an interview, I apologize. Moto One Podcast Network sent me um, this to say, uh, you know, <laughs> watch out for Nokomoto comes in hard, so look out for those guys. Um, also... The following weekend, IMS Cleveland's going to be happening at the International Exposition Center, and Cleveland Moto and Skidmark Garage are going to be there. Um, so go check that out. We just had the guys from uh, Noble Moto who do their classes out of Skidmark. Uh, so yeah, I hope you, I hope you, I hope they are going to be talking about the Moto Go um, and the. Um, you know, the Noble Moto, all the stuff that they were talking about that they run out of Skidmark. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, other upcoming stuff. Listen, jerkwads. Um, the January 26th, the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet is going to be happening at the Veterans Memorial Stadium in Long Beach. January 31st through February 2nd, Progressive IMS heads to Minneapolis. Mini, I always say Minneapolis. You know, it's not, there's too many Indians and Apas in there. It's Minneapolis. And I haven't even been drinking. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be there at the uh, – where is this freaking one? It's the Minneapolis Convention Center. Okay, that makes sense. February 1st, Ride to the Warehouse Party is going to be happening here at House Machines LA. Uh, February 7th through 9th, the one show is going to be happening at Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Portland, Oregon. I think I know a few people that are going to be there, including our very own Wigs and the Misfits. And I think Cleveland Moto might be going to that. Um the uh, February 7th through 9th is also the Progressive IMS at the D.E. Stevens Convention Center in Chicago. So if you feel like uh, going to Chicago in the d- dead of winter, you are totally insane, but go for it. Um, the February 8th, there's going to be a breast cancer research ride at Biggs Harley-Davidson in San Marcos. If you go to BiggsHD.com, you can find out more. And then March 13th to 15th, the Mama Tried at the Eagles Ballroom in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There's of course, this is just the stuff rattling off the top of my head. There's a ton of stuff going to be happening in between there. Um, I just can't think of it right now because I'm not looking at it. But there's going to be some – obviously in March is when Flat Track's going to start up again. And I think there's a couple more races that I'm forgetting about in February. February 29th. Is that a Veggie Plate Classic? That is the Veggie Plate yeah. Classic 2020. I need to put that on our, on our website. Paris Raceway at Burton Road. Uh-huh. 
Not the Paris Auto Speedway. No, don't go to the wrong place. Which is where motorized two-wheeled cycles race. Um, I think I put enough words in between there to make that not count. Um, yeah, so the veggie plate's going to be happening, and I need to put that on our website too. Um, that's a good one. And uh, I meant to tell you, but it just passed, was the Steady Garage um, annual. Uh, they do like a little yard sale, so that just happened. There's a lot of cool stuff actually happening, like the Biltwell blowout happened. There, you know, Brad Viffer gave us the, the deets on that. There's a lot of like midwinter stuff that happens right after the holidays when people realize – we got to make room for new products, son. And uh, so, yeah. So with that, we're getting low on the battery recorder here. Um, we, we need to dial this show along, so let's get with it. We are already uh, – we're just an hour in, Wigs. We're young still. So let's get this baby wrapped up here pretty soon. So the Moto Scan this week is going to be focusing on triple trees. And uh, there's nobody I'd rather have in the studio with me tonight. Well, I'd probably rather have, like, somebody that develops triple trees. But Wiggins and I will do. <laughs> I know a fair bit about triple trees, and I know Wiggins does too um, because he works with the, uh, the talented speed merchant, right? And he makes triple trees. Yeah, I've made some. And Wiggins has made some triple trees. I've modified triple trees. I've definitely done that. Yeah. I would say I made some, but I don't think they qualified as triple trees. Uh, so, yeah, triple trees. What are triple trees? Or sometimes known as triple clamps, sometimes known as brackets. And if you look through a repair manual or like a parts manual, depending on what country and what uh, manufacturer, they call them all sorts of crazy stuff. And the triple trees is basically... I don't even know why they call them trees, but uh, the, the triple trees are triple clamps. Or triple. Or there's, triple. There's two of them. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, there is three. There's a hole in the middle that sometimes, he's right, sometimes there's only it's one. It's not called the triple hole. Sometimes. Sometimes there's three clamps because uh, sometimes your steering stem gets clamped and sometimes mm-hmm. it's just part of it. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. There's so many different ways to skin a cat when it comes to getting your suspension geometry and your steering geometry and the triple trees is usually or the triple clamps whatever you want to call them fork brackets it's where it all happens these are the things that clamp your actual fork tubes uh to each other and to keep them eh, somewhat from wobbling around but also to attach them to something that you can then bolt your steering to your handlebars and all that great stuff and handlebars don't always have to bolt directly to them. Sometimes there's a separate riser that comes up and your handlebar bolts to that. But they are the interface, man, between you and the tire. Except for like an Elf Honda or the Bimota Tessie. So what do they use as triple trees? They, or even a Goldwing Honda. Right? Uh, yeah, Can I was just going to say the Goldwing and the BMWs, uh, totally infamous for not using um triple trees per se a lot of scooters this is trippy a lot of scooters especially the vespas are a single-sided front like swing arm so they don't technically have triple clamp anything they don't need to triply clamp something they're just clamping one one thing one time some mountain bikes and road bikes are even like that with just a single fork in the front so they technically don't have like a triple clamp but but traditionally for a triple clamp um you have a frame that has a head tube and you have the bottom bracket and the top bracket, and they need to connect. And that's where this triple clamping comes from because you slide the bottom bracket up through the head tube, and then the top bracket sits down there, and there's usually a screw, like a pinch bolt, that clamps that top clamp to the bottom clamp. And then your fork tubes run up through these two other holes that are perpendicular or and uh aligned with each other and those clamp into there. So that's where the triple clamp or the triple trees comes from. Um, 
the new Hondas and new gold, uh, the new Goldwings and the BMWs don't use those. They have like some crazy funking thing that they call the BMWs called a steering piece, and I forget what the Hondas call it, but it's like a crazy rig. Um, so yeah, no triple clamps on those, and even Hossack front ends, a lot of them. Not technically triple clamps, I guess. Springer front ends, they still had triple clamps. but So yeah, they're an important part of your suspension. Not only do they hold your forks there, because even the BMWs that do have the telelever front ends, they have dummy forks because the um, there's a shock there, that uh, like an A-arm that works instead of triple clamps, but they still do have an upper clamp that looks like a triple clamp that holds your... Um, forks in place so yeah it's kind of they're kind of like a standard thing no matter what sort of front end um setup you have is basically how you get your lower tube to turn um when your handlebars are above your frame and the bottom the wheels below it you got to have some sort of like linking mechanism there and that's the uh, the function of the triple clamps not only that but to hold your forks now wigs i think can speak to this that like on a harley tour they usually like they usually go forward from your um the reason they that they matter to your suspension geometry is cuz you usually have the head tube and then in a they sweep out forward and your forks kind of ride in front of your steering head tube but like on the Harley baggers and stuff they actually the triple clamps go backwards from what um a standard fork is and that's because there's so much stuff out there in front that they have to go backwards they can't fit up there and turn at the same time so they have mm. to come the- backward the rake is a little more extreme on those. Um, yeah, I think um, – no, maybe old gold wings weren't that way. But it's not really because there's stuff in front of it because you got to make room. Like it has to handle first and foremost. But it's something about, again, like getting the offset and the rake right. So right. moving it back and, is not a big deal. And so that your hand, your handlebars aren't way pulled back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of those Harleys, they're kind of straight up from where it is. So to do that, they have to move them back towards you. And when you look at a lot of baggers, the neck's actually like way out front. Uh-huh. So the forks are kind of in the same place they would be on a normal bike, yeah. but your pivot's out in front of it. That's what I'm talking about. That's why yeah. they're back. They're quote backwards from what yeah, you see on a normal one. It's not really because there's stuff in the way because that doesn't matter. Like you got to make a bike ride good, you know, ride yeah. first, and then you can worry about putting stuff around yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's... Uh, but if you turn if you did turn them around, that'd be a pretty funny... <laughs> A, that'd be funny looking, but it wouldn't fit because there is everything out there in front of it. Um, But yeah, definitely they affect the rake. And the thing is they don't always have to be – they have to be parallel because your forks can't like – look like chopsticks where they face in or they face out because your forks have to stay parallel going up and down, but they can affect rake and trail. And what rake and trail is, is kind of like the caster of your steering angle. And usually the longer the rake, the, um, the better the straight line stability and the fewer degrees of rake, the more twitchy and like better turn in you have. So sport bikes usually don't have a lot of rake and cruisers and choppers. Choppers actually have like the most amount of rake and the rake is just like the measurement from the, uh, the steering tube down to the ground versus where like the axle is hits the ground is kind of like your, um, the trail or something like that. No, I'm thinking of this wrong. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 The distance from, the imaginary line from the center, or not really imaginary, but the line from the center of the head tube, uh, I believe it's at that angle um, where it would like cross level, I guess, with the um, 
the axle, yeah. that distance is like, your offset. Yeah, yeah, like a 90 degree. Yeah, and the rake is the angle. Right, yeah. And so if you if you also draw a line from your, uh, you know, your fork and all the way down. Also trail. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of, from the axle tube down to where, like, a 90 degree from the, um, from the, uh, center of the uh, the pivot bolt, that angle where like your one imaginary line would go back to the the bolt would be your your trail. And so like the less rake and trail and all that stuff, the twitchier it is. And that's why sport bike forks kind of sometimes look like they're almost straight down, and cruiser forks look like they're sticking way out. But you can also mess with the triple trees. They don't have to be exactly the same. You can like start doing stuff where your front triple tree is uh, are you, I'm sorry, your upper triple tree isn't that um, offset from the center steering tube, but the bottom one's way out there. So that gives you a lot of um, like rake and you can also do it. um, I think doesn't speed merchant makes adjustable ones, right? So you can like adjust the rake depending on how you want your steering to be. There's an adjustable, but some people do, you can do like angled cups in the bearings and then Weiss makes them where the, the, um, the stem itself moves on one end. Yeah. Okay, right. I yeah. knew there was somebody that made something that, like, yeah, you can, like, yeah, pull and I, it back I think or what it basically does is, like, the hole going through the triple straight, so you kind of wedge the forks in at a little bit of an angle because it's, I mean, if you're moving them, it's going to not be totally parallel. Yeah. But um, it ends up working. I mean, you just yeah. clamp them and they're fine. That's, so. I didn't know some people, like, clamp them up in a jig and then, like, drill, like, a kind of a angle through it because, yeah, you're, you're, your forks have to stay pretty much parallel, right? So you can't like bend them or else you're jacking them up. But yeah, you can adjust some triple trees are uh just the triples, the way they're they're drilled and, and made to fit the forks extends the rake or pulls it back in a little bit so that you can dial in your steering, get a little bit twitchier steering or not. Um also the bolts, I I always hated this term, but the pinch bolts, um that's what clamps your your forks into the triple clamps. And if you want to align them, like your forks can get kind of off center and your um, your wheel can kind of get off center from your handlebars a lot of times. And if you take everything from like your top uh, bolt on your triple trees down, like even the fenders and sometimes I guess even the brake calipers, um, just like crack the bolts loose on those, pump your suspension a few times, it'll line everything up uh usually pretty good. It's like a decent way to align your front tire to your handlebars and then get it back because the triple clamps do move independently from the top one can move independently from the bottom one, you know, and your forks can like, if you take your wheel out, you can like spin your forks around. They're not like rigidly locked in place. So the triple clamps play a uh, pretty important part of keeping your steering not only in line, but, uh, aligned I guess and also uh, determining that rake and trail factor um, and keeping your you know making your bike twitchy (laughs) twitchy handling and steering so swapping front ends if you need to do that go to All Balls Racing I would uh, say that of all the manufacturers they probably have the best matrix of front ends um, and bearing kits and it doesn't necessarily mean the head tube is going to be the the correct length um, to fit the steering stem like sometimes you might have to cut the stem a little bit and like rethread it but for the most part, their bearing kits fit, you know, they've, they've gone through years and years and years and their bearing kits fit particular, um, head tubes and steering stem sizes. Like the stem is the, uh, part of the tree, the long part that slides up through the head tube. And they've done a lot of research on this uh, since that is their business. And you can find out what front ends swap with yours. So I know wigs, I think on your CB, don't you have like a, 
Yeah, but R six front end or something on it. Or is that your? A, or is that Trusty Rusty? No, I well on Trusty Rusty I do, but that one was a Speed Merchant trees bored out to forty three millimeters <laughs> to get instead of yeah, away from yeah. those old like probably what thirty ones or something. Thirty nines or something. Oh, or stock, did it yeah. have that? But so Speed wow. Merchant when they designed them, he actually designed them a little extra thick. So you could do that. Yeah. Um, so I board them, and then he's had some made board. Are you talking trusty, or are you talking the CB? Trusty, trusty. Oh, I was going to say yeah, the yeah. CB. No way it had 39s on it. No, really, yeah, I yeah. don't know what that even like had. 31s. And meant. it had a drum. No, I put a drum brake on the front. I had a disc on the front. But, um, yeah, so it has a SV650 front end on it. Okay. Um, and it's – but I need different trees on it. Yeah. So. There you go. You need the, – they, yeah, are, they so are an essential the component. First, <laughs> the first gen SV650 trees don't fit the CB, um, but the later gen ones do. Is it the head tube? Is it too something, big? Or something? Yeah. yeah. Like that's wrong. the other thing. The length of the steering stem, which connects usually the bottom uh, triple tree to the top one, has to match the depth of your head tube. Otherwise, you're – your frame can float around up and down on your uh, on the shaft, basically the 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 steering stem. So yeah, it's a it's an essential part, and it is fun to do experiments and see what's going to fit. But if you go to All Balls Racing, they can tell you usually their matrix is pretty good about determining what can fit um, what motorcycles. And you'd be surprised. Oh fuck! I said the stupid word. It gotcha here. It gotcha again. It did. Pull this uh, up for well, me. How is that? Oh, okay, that worked. Um. Yeah, so you would be surprised as it as it pulls shit from your motorcycles. Goddamn stupid dickhead. I'm going to sue whoever sent this word in. It says cheer when you say blank, which is 100% what the punishment should be every week. But um so cheer when we say I'm it just says motorcycles. blank, so I'm guessing it's that the means, word of the week. Yeah, it means word of the week. So when you say motorcycles, we have to cheer. That was me explaining the rules. And we have to cheer when you say it anyway. So. Yeah. So Wiggins said it too. So yay. <laughs> Great. So you think that's what all we should do is cheer when we say the word like motorcycles. Yeah. It's like the uh, the Pee Wee's Playhouse. That's what they did when they did it. Should we do like a dumb like bell? Like remember the bing, bing, bing? Like sure. We should make it some more fanfare. How about this? Yay. <laughs> <laughs> We'll shoot somebody every time. Oh my God. Every time that should be one of the punishments. Every time I say word of the week, we shoot a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So yeah. So now that I blew it and said word of the week two weeks in a row, thanks probably Jason Goldmeyer for making me say motorcycles. Um, oh God, how many kittens are left out there? <laughs> um, yeah, great. So yeah, your the triple clamps does does make a difference uh, big time in your motorcycle setup and handling. And I'm always I'm always surprised. I always keep looking at this picture of Chris Singsheim up there on uh, on his motorcycle, 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 motorcycle. Jeez, I took out like a whole basket of kittens just now. Sorry, so sorry for that. But uh, I know that he's like flipped his triple trees upside down. I think his triple trees are down where the brake calipers used to be. And I think he steers with the tire now. Like that guy has got his bike so matrixed out. Like I can't even tell you. He's, he's, got, a, he's got a tire sensor that senses the, um, the heat. It's like a tire temp sensor wired into his bike now. And I'm just finally waiting for him to get that. Um, I wasn't kidding. When I talked to him and Michelle about the dynamics of a fart right as you're launching off the, the starting line there to get you going. I think he's going to put a, uh, a flatulent sensor and he's probably going to pick up an extra like thousandth of a second on that. 
and they're off. Yo, and he's, he wins it by he wins it by an air. <laughs> um, all right, so that's this week's moto scan. I don't know the history of triple trees, but um, I know early bicycles with motors were basically what motorcycles were. Um, yeah, hang on. Double tap that cat. Um, <laughs> and I think just because we're sadists, they're going to clap that shot I did. Perfect headshot on that little kitten. Um, I'm not sure about the triple clamps, what the original ones were when they very first started getting used. But I think, you know, it's weird because even stuff like Earl's Forks and Hossack front ends and all that stuff we mentioned still has triple trees on them. Um, I don't know when they went from bicycle front ends to triple trees, but I'm going to find out. Um, just so that I can say motorcycles. Oh, he didn't see me coming. All right. Um, so, so finally, I think we could quit with that. I can't believe I said the word of the week two, two weeks in a row. What an idiot. Oh, well. Anyway, that's going to be our show for this week. We're going to wrap this up a little early. An hour and 20 minutes, Wiggs. Do you feel like you came over here for nothing? You want to talk about RC cars and jerky? For another no, hour? No, no, no. I like it. It was a good show. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. And we had a good combo with uh, Mark and Nancy from Mimi and Moto, which I am super stoked that they won the MIC gas tank competition. And I just, I'm so excited, man. When you when you know somebody and you see them win, um, or even out there racing, I could tell you last year watching Wigs huck it around at Paris, it's exciting to see someone you know out there competing. So to have them win, um, it's pretty sweet because it's the first time that creative writing knows somebody that's won something. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she was like, punch you in the face, motherfucker. No. Uh, yeah. I did want to talk to you about um, uh, getting ready. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was just kidding. Um, the one and all that stuff. Um, you got out at the uh, the hooligan camp out and you got to spend a few laps. I think you did a few with Jasper. Um, other than yeah. that, man, you've been driving your uh your wife crazy and your RC car up and down the the trails more than your motorcycle, right? Or are you ready for this one thing? <laughs> Definitely not ready. But <laughs> shit. Let's get out. <laughs> gonna send it. Yeah. Well, that's all you got, you know. What else are you gonna do, man? Yeah. First place. Usually the people that send it first place. It's it definitely helps to just fully send it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Sweet. Um, yeah. Are they going to, do you know if they're going to televise it or have it on Facebook or anything this year? I don't know what they're going to do. It's been on like fans choice before, but they never like save it. So you can see it again later. Yeah. Well, fans choice this year is subscription now too. So you have to pay to play. Yeah. Well, you don't get to play. You just pay to watch, which is about me every Saturday night at Mr. Fister. So yeah. All right. A little plug for Mr. Fister there. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, Anxious to to look for it. I I like the I know live stream is probably like saying Periscope on Twitter. Like, hey, go check out my Periscope because I don't even think it's. I know live stream is still around, but um, the Hell on Wheels, their hot August nights from the uh, Industry Speedway. Like Industry has like a live stream channel, and they save everything on there. So that'd be kind of cool if they did that. But I get it. It's the logistics of getting like a TV crew and stuff is hard. Um, what is the, was the born free thing at, I, at the Del Mar, the qualifier for X games this year? Are they doing it at the one show this year? Uh, it's definitely not at the one show. I don't know what they're doing for, <clears throat> I, I, I don't even say know if X that? games is happening actually. Oh really? And, um, yeah. So cause all the bad publicity that cool people on motorcycles has gotten them. Uh, just because I don't really know what's going on. I, I, I mean, Harley's reevaluating everything they're doing because, well, they're doing not really working, I guess. But um, 
So yeah, I, I don't know what's going <laughs> right, on. Right, right. We we don't need to watch Fans Choice. We just need to read the news to know that uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I mean you just can't um, can't compete with the better machine. Oh Jesus Christ! No, we can settle down. It's really not even that. It's just you know, it's they're just slow to react, and yeah. and they're. Everything is such a like, there's no one, everyone there is so scared to do anything interesting. Yeah. Because when they, you know, when you have these like layoffs, like no one wants to lose their job. So they don't want to be the one to stick their neck out. And well. it, it, it's kind of sad to see, um, you know, the only people that could do that or can do that. Um, well, one of them I know retired, but so it, it's, it's definitely tough. And, and it's, I don't know. So that that makes it hard. I mean, it, it seems like people are just scared to. Which is funny guy. because, like, on the sales thing, they're pumping the live wire. They're really talking about. I've seen more than one article on the Harley Davidson 350 that we're never going to see here in the states, and the new little electric scooter that we're never going to see here in the states. But they're pushing like an, an uh, you know, all new direction for Harley as far as like the brand goes. But yeah, as far as the racing goes, like they're going stagnant. I saw that. Um, uh, I think Halbert isn't he leaving? Yeah, Harley? Halbert's going to be on an Indian this year. Mm-hmm. He's he's so going to be that'll be the twins. first year for him to ride an Indian. Him so, and Coolbeth, man. Well, Coolbeth owns the Indian, or or it's a it's Coolbeth's team. Coolbeth's not riding it. Yeah, it's Nyla Racing, I think. Yeah, but um, I mean, Coolbeth knows his shit. I think he's going to race too in the Super Twins. I think you're high as a kite. He's retired. Well, he did do the he did the winter throwdown or whatever and got a second there. I don't yeah. know what what night or what day, but um yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's just Sammy on that team. I know Carver's doing a wild card thing and not doing all the races. Um and then but then I saw right. something about Ben Evans Racing doing something that wasn't with roof systems, so that's weird. Yeah. But, and Henry Wiles is going to the singles class. Yeah, and, who and knows that's what that's gonna mean for uh I don't know who else is go- going to the scene. I think Colby Carlisle worked so hard to get up to the twins, and now he's like, screw it. I'll- I think he's doing production twins, mm-hmm. actually, on the Yamaha. Um, you know, it's just, it sucks, but it's like all the haters that said what AFT doing isn't going to work, so far it's not working. Like you have, and no one knows what Davis Fisher is doing. Like you have these super, super, yeah. super talented riders that are – top 10 consistently who aren't running. Like I commented when they <laughs> AFT, like I know the social media girl, but, um, you know, they said, Oh, Henry Wiles riding for, uh, uh, which guy is it? Richie Morris racing on the singles. And I literally just commented. I wonder if any of the super twins teams know that this guy got second in points two years ago as a privateer. And, uh, he just liked the comment. Cause it's true though. Like that's like, he was second behind me. When Mies just fucking dominated, and he yeah, can't 18. he can't get a ride in twins. Like, let's be honest. Do I you, did. Does I, anyone think Henry Wiles wants to ride a single over a twin? No, but I did do a little look into that myself because I was like, man, this guy's like he's won Peoria now more than anybody, which was, he broke he's, Chris Carr's record, and he's technically not been beat at Peoria. He sat out this year with a broken something. Yeah, and that's right. One of the Baumans even said because uh, Briar, I think, won it. He was like, yeah, it's kind of a shame, like shoulder or something, th- something like that. I thought it was a leg thing, but 
everyone is disappointed because they wanted to beat him for real. <laughs> Whatever you say, I'll say the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to beat him at all, actually. Yeah. Uh, they, they wanted to all finish. You know, like, they wanted, they, you know, because it's, the dudes literally won it 13 or 14 years in a row. Yeah. Um, I did look up his record, though, and aside from that second, his best finish, I think, was fifth, and he finished, because I, w- I went back, But that like, second was in the points. Yeah. Like, second in the points, not not a race. Second in the points championship is pretty fucking, I mean, that's pretty when- Pretty epic for a dude that's that when has been, like, consistently- Brian Smith was on an Indian, you know, that's when- uh, Bauman yeah. had an Indian halfway through the season. You know, that's when Sammy and Vanderkoy, you know, were s- spending shit tons of money on Harleys that weren't working. <laughs> right. um, you know, I mean, that's that's a huge... And, and Brandon and, Robinson, what the hell is he even doing? Is he, even, is he retiring to do commentary now? Or no, what? I don't know what Robinson's doing, actually. I mean, you look at, like, you know, it, it's just kind of crazy to, to see what's happening and the riders that aren't going to be running twins. But I actually think... Isn't um, Gutierrez? I think he's going to run Super Twins, right? I think so. Uh, super Duper Twins. Well, Super Duper Twins. So it's going to be a, a three-man team. Wait, or is it a two-man team? Is it just him and uh, Vanderkoy? Uh, it's just going to be two guys in Super Twins. That's it. Oh, <laughs> it seems that way. <laughs> You know, originally you had to be on a team and all this to run Super Twins. You still have to have like a nice box van, but um, I don't think like Carver's doing the wild card thing, which is cool because I mean he's kind of a wild card himself. But you know, he, him, and I talked about it. So this was something that would just started happening when he was out for the campout. So I didn't want to say anything on the show, but he, um, he basically said he didn't want to do all the races because. You know, not that I'm like best friends with Jeff, but um, he's the type of guy like he doesn't he doesn't want to do the entire series. He wants to focus on the ones that are fun. When Jeffrey's having fun, he's the guy to beat on the track. But when it becomes a job, it's hard for him. Like he's just that type of person with racing motorcycles. So he's like, you know what? I don't want to do the TTs. And this, I mean, this is from a guy who his first Pro Twins event win was on a TT, not Pro Twins, um, Premier Class, whatever it was called back then. It was actually the- Was, was it when a, it was GNC1 or something? Yeah, and they were allowed to run singles at TT. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. his first Premier win was on a TT. And this is a guy who's also like, he's a motocross guy. It's how he got into flat track. So he likes the TTs, but you know, one, he's like, hey, it's kind of sketchy with those big bikes. Like they're super heavy and we're just hucking them. And I get that. Um you know but what? he's like, he just doesn't want to do 18 races. Yeah. And you know what? Michael Locke, I do like the fact, because even when when uh, the GNC1 and GNC2, and it was like, well, on some races, even the GNC2 people are on twins, right? Like, it just depended on- Oh, no, no. Yeah, that rule sucked. Like, and some of them, and some of the GNC1s were on singles. I was like, I, I like seeing them huck the big bikes, because they no, hadn't done it since the 80s. Yeah, I like what they're doing with that. I think, you know, you have to be careful, and that's why they changed Peoria a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, don't make it- And it's hard. You know, on one end, they used to do it back in the 80s. On the other end, these bikes are way faster than they were back in the 80s. Even the XRs are faster than they were in the 80s. 
even though everyone's like, <laughs> it's been around for 40 years. Even though years. they're the same bike, right? Yeah, yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> but you look at one from the 80s and one now, like they're, they are different. Yeah. Well, the t- and, and, and even even tire technology and suspension technology yeah. can make something a exactly. little bit quicker, you know? Exactly. And, you know, just riders progress. Like that's what happens. Like when you look at any sport like that, like the drivers get better. It's a weird like – thing you're you know it's like when people try to compete compare like michael jordan and lebron james like they weren't playing the same people they weren't even playing the same game you know watch uh i don't watch much football or basketball but i was watching a little bit of a football game uh, a couple weeks ago at some christmas stuff and like when they'd show flashbacks of like old games like when they played football in the 80s compared to how they play it now 40 years later wow that sounds fucking crazy (laughs) It's a totally different game. Yeah. Like the people are different size. The ball gets thrown differently. It's totally different. Yeah. You know, I, I, and, I listened to an uh, interesting article on that and it was like as, as gear safety got better, which maybe even maybe with motorcycles too, as the gear technology got better and made it safer, people then pushed it to the next level. Cause they're like, Ooh, I'm not going to die like yeah. doing this, but I, I'm not going to die doing a backflip anymore. We're in the 80s. If you did a backflip and landed, maybe yeah. you smashed your skull in half. And now it's like, oh, I can survive a backflip. So, right, the progression of the sport has probably uh, gone, you know, parallel with like progression of all sorts of technology from bike technology to safety technology. Right? Yeah, I so, mean, yeah. there's definitely like that side of it. Um, I want to talk about safety in a minute too. Hey, Brandon Robinson and Jay Maloney are going to be on the uh, HCRR Ben Evans Racing backed by Roof Systems uh, FTR 750s this year. That's where Brandon Robinson oh. He's the dude that's going to the Ben Evans He's uh, taking car. It's crazy that they're calling it Ben Evans Racing backed by Roof Systems. I mean, it's cool, and I like Ben, but um, – and it's just kind of crazy. HCRR. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't. Mean, it s- says who it is here, but I, I've never. I didn't heard see of backed by roof systems when I saw it. Yeah. So that's where that's going. And then and who who is it? It's Brandon and who? Uh, Jay Maloney. Maloney. They called him the Baloney Pony. <laughs> I, I might have made that up. When I mean, Jay, I think he was on. Uh, I think he was on a Harley last year. I'm not. A, I can't remember no, now. That's. Um, Rispoli. Oh, James Rispoli. Was on the production Harley. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you have a memory left. Mine's not much of one. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's Carver's team. Yeah. So, that's. So, I wonder where Carver's going. Is that who he's going to ride with? No, then? he's privateering. He, yeah. um, so he's kind of bummed because one of those bikes was supposed to be his, like, as a, you know, um, whatever. That's, and he put a lot of work and money and effort into it. So, that's, I get it. So, he has, um, uh, who's the guy that got hurt? Monaco. He has James Monaco's Indian, and he bought a truck, and he's fucking privateering it. But you know, like I said, with Carver, leave it to the man to say, "Fuck the system. I'm gonna go privateer." Yeah, and then do well. Uh, yeah, go like, back to privateer. He's right? gonna do. Well, I mean, yeah, he he's gonna do well because of that. Um. He's just he's that type of person. So there there was some movie in the eighties that I can't remember because I was like um <laughs> I was already eighty in the eighties and my memory was already that bad. But this guy was like a um swimmer and his buddy was a swimmer and his buddy like legit set this record. He's like, dude, you should go out for the swim team. And it's like I was like, fuck that. Like these things are lame. The guy was all about like kicking everyone's ass, but not being part of the system yeah, that record. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that sort of thing. I could see where because Jeffrey's kind of like a um 
uh, transcendental figure. Hell, he he just he went to Nepal, right, and like yeah, and like mingled with the Sherpas and stuff, and probably has had some great due to motorcycling has had some great adventures and life changing experiences, and none of that. Um, well, not none of that, but, um, probably very little of that has to do with the pressure of racing being on him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he's the type of guy that seems like he just likes motorbikes. It's, it's fun to see him out there shredding on a motocross track, just as it is to see him on a flat track, you know? He just likes to ride a motorcycle fast. Mm -hmm. And I think the competition aspect is like, well, I like to ride motorcycles fast and they'll pay me to do it. Uh huh. But I don't know. I mean, that's a, uh. He's an interesting one when you get into like that side of it for sure, but yeah, I think the not having the total like regiment is good for him. Yeah. Hey, will you uh, let that that uh, open that cage full of kittens real quick? Okay, hang on. Okay, we said it a bunch. And I just got to make up for it real quick. <laughs> all right, I think uh, you think we got him. Did we get him all? I think that guy was uh, yeah, that one was running straight. Fast, so I'm glad you oh, got there him. you go. You got that guy. Good. Yeah, we said it a bunch, and I we need to make up for it. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of James Rispoli, uh, you mentioned him. He's going to be moving over to the lat, uh, Lattice Motors. Yeah, I saw that Lattice. The XGRs. Yeah. XG750R. Yeah. yeah, it's maybe it's Debrino's old bike. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Is there, what's the going on with Debrino? There's so much I don't know. Because I, oh, I don't quit know. paying attention at the, at the end of last year. That's like the lamest thing I've fucking seen. As soon as I found out that... Um, didn't <laughs> yeah as soon as i found out that i was gonna have to pay to watch another th- yet another thing i was like well fuck i might as the well only one i'll pay for because i do like it but are there fucking reruns so i have to watch it live i might as well like- pay for nbc sports and get to watch like other motorcycle racing too like watch um motocross and shit maybe and do i get to watch like old ones and stuff too like yeah I was at Cycle Gear the other day, and they were playing. I was like, "What are they playing flat track from?" And I, and I realized it was NBC Sports. They were replaying some shit the other, a couple weeks. Like I guess it was oh, this yeah, last, yeah, because they weekend. sponsor uh, Mies. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, they do a lot with that. Yeah, yeah. So this past weekend, they were, were playing some Milligan's Mile or some shit like that. I don't, I don't even know where they've been racing last year. I, I literally quit uh, giving a shit right toward the end of the season when I was like, I checked out of this for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun to read. I love reading the results and I love it's super fun to watch. But to be honest, man, just going out to like Paris or even like a Hell on Wheels fun scramble is just as much fun as watching pro shit. Um and all the all the politics and silly season that's started to envelop the sport as it's grown. That's growing pains though, you know what I mean? Like I guess every sport has it. Even WIR top ten uh bikes has gone through their fair share of and that's like a super grassroots to super celebrity thing going yeah. on there. Everyone on there has their own reality show now. I'm not even allowed to talk about them anymore. But they ride their motorcycles uh, plenty of time. <laughs> plenty uh, when it's not snowing. Uh, speaking of which, Narissa has sent me some pics of um, her ice riding. And I think Michelle Mankowitz has uh, sent me a picture. I think she got a DRZ 400. Maybe she bought one of Chris's. Um, or has been going riding with them out in the snow. So that looks like a lot of fun. Um, I want to talk about something. I don't know if Wiggins noticed, but... Uh... All right, everybody. Well, too late. You don't get to hear what I did. I basically blasted my face off with rock salt. Uh, so yeah, we're going to get out of here this week. Don't forget, go over to twistedroad.com. Enter in Wiggins in the, uh, the offer code area. And uh, W-I-G-G... I-N-S, that's how you spell it. And you get 
a free ride day, and he gets, uh, and I think he gets 25 bucks or something like that as a little kickback. So that's a pretty sweet deal. A little uh, teaming up there with Dawson from Twisted Road. Also go check out uh, Yami Noob's videos and check out that whole collaboration. Also, thank you so much to Mark and Nancy from Mimi and Moto for stopping in. Head over to MimiandMoto.com or like Mark said, check them out on Facebook. And like Mark and Nancy, get inspired. Go do something cool with a little kid um, that gets them involved in motorcycling somehow. Give back to the community. Why don't you, you lazy hack? All right. And with that, we are out of here. We'll see you guys next week. And uh, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up. Hopefully, hopefully, um, Sarah, if you're listening, I doubt you do. But um, I... Hopefully we'll be at the Ride to the Warehouse February 1st. We'll see. It's uh, one of my kids' birthdays. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if I can make it. But, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up in, uh, like, the next, you know, three or four weeks here. Uh, Refer to the middle of our show and check out our website, creative-writing or creative-strike-writing. How do you say that in – I think there's a there's a way to say that in England in, in like English English the King's English if you were, or the Queen's English if you're still a Brexiting there's a certain way you say that it's not slash I think you guys say like creative tick writing or creative uh, mark writing I don't know how you say it but it's creative dash writing uh, and and leave us an email at uh, creative writing podcast at gmail.com. And with that, we're out of here. Start thinking of your Solstice Slam entries because I'm going to be uh, promoting that here in a little bit. And stay tuned for some more cool stuff happening in 2020. Thank you, patrons. Creative Writing is a show put on by Total Idiots. The views and opinions expressed in the show are clearly those of the participants and do not reflect uh, Creative Writing or the Moto One Podcast Network. If you're going to be in the greater Denver area this weekend, go check out the bros at Nokomoto. They're going to be there at IMS, Progressive IMS, at the Denver or Colorado Convention Center. Also, bring some cold weather gear. I don't know what the temperature is going to be there. Uh, Bring some ketchup for your hot dogs and some mustard for your pig relish. And with that, we'd like to you to get out on two wheels even if it's below freezing wherever you are or if you're underwater if you live underwater get a goddamn motorcycle it's about time <laughs>